Lord, that you will ignite your fire in us. You will ignite that passion for you, Lord, that we will be passionate. Passionate for the kingdom. Passionate for the assignment. Passionate in following you, Lord. That our passion for you will not reduce. Our desire for you will not reduce. That we will go deeper in our desire, in our love, in our search for you, in our understanding, in our knock, in our seeking for your knowledge, for the understanding of you that it will increase. I pray, Lord, that what you have started in everyone, that you will not stop. You are taking this church and everyone to a greater place. You are taking us to a greater height. And where you are taking us to, you will not stop until you complete it. Your work will be completed. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen, amen, amen in Jesus' name. Uh, thank you for being part of the study today. And then... Uh, uh, I hope you have been having a wonderful week. We are starting a new series, and I believe that this is very important for us. God has been speaking to me about this topic. Uh, we've never done this topic before in this church. I don't think so. Maybe we had in the beginning, but I think we have never dealt with this topic before. But we are going to be doing talking about Tabernacle Plan. And maybe many of you understand what tabernacle plan is. Uh, God gave Moses the instruction to build a tabernacle where he is going to dwell with the people. But we are going to go into introduction today, uh, introduction of uh, everything about the tabernacle plan. And before we go into the introduction of talking about the tabernacle plan, I want to bring us back to, uh, to Egypt. What really happened in Egypt, how God brought the people um, from Egypt and he brought them into the wilderness. And how God sent Moses to them. Because the agenda of God for, bringing, uh, for sending Moses to them was what? He told Moses said, to deliver my people so that my people can go and worship me. So the reason why God wants to deliver uh, his people was to go and worship him. So the agenda of God for us to be saved is to worship, is to serve him. So that is the first agenda that God has for everybody of us. Uh, before he even give us another assignment, whether to preach, whether to teach, whether to be an, a pastor or to hold any position that you are holding or to do anything in the whole world. But first, you must come to him so that what? You can worship him so that you can know him. And I want us to look at what the Bible says in Exodus uh, chapter 19. So from there, we're going to build to understand uh, why the tabernacle plan now is being brought into place. Why do we need tabernacle plan? Why did God uh, made Moses to do the tabernacle plan? Let's look at Exodus chapter 19. And then we want us to read... Um, from verse 1, we'll read to verse 11. Exodus 19, 1 to 11. This was when he came out of Egypt, and then God is speaking to Moses and also to children of Israelite. And from here also, God is speaking to us. Later, we are going to be talking about the kingdom, but this is going to build up to talking about the kingdom and then uh, talking about the principles of how the kingdom works. 
I hope you guys can hear me. Exodus 19, I'm going to read from verse 1 to 11, and I want you to also follow because it's a Bible study. And then uh, at the end of the day, we're going to be having some questions, if you have, and then I'm going to answer, and we're going to build on that because I want us to get this, to understand this. In the third month, when the children of Israelites were gone forth out of the land of Egypt, the same day came they into the wilderness of Sinai. For they were departed from Rephimdim and were come to the desert of Sinai. And they had pitched in the wilderness, and, they had, and there Israelites came before the mountain. And Moses went up unto God, and the Lord called unto him out of the mountain, saying, Thou shalt say to the house of Jacob, and tell the children of Israelite, Ye have seen what I did unto Egyptians, how I bear you on eagles' wings, and brought you unto myself. Now therefore, if ye obey my voice indeed, and keep my commandment, when ye shall be a peculiar, then, sorry, then, ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people. For all the earth is mine, verse 6, and ye shall be unto me a kingdom of priests, not this, and an holy nation. These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. And Moses came and called for the elders of the people, and laid before their faces, and laid before their faces, we are reading Exodus chapter 19. We are reading from verse 1 to 11. So we are in verse 7. And Moses called and came and called for the elders of the people and laid before their faces all these words which the Lord commanded him. And all the people answered together and said, All that the Lord has spoken, we will do. And Moses returned the word of the people unto the Lord. And the Lord said unto Moses, Lo, I come unto thee in a thick cloud that the people may hear when I speak with thee, and believe thee forever. And Moses told the, the word of the people unto the Lord. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go unto the people, sanctify them today and tomorrow, and let them wash their clothes, and be ready again the third day. For the third day the Lord will come down in the sight of all the people upon Mount Sinai. If you look at, I've been building on talking about the the things, the events that happened after they left Egypt. This was immediately they left Egypt. They came into the wilderness. God began to speak to Moses about another thing. The first assignment that God gave to Moses when you before he went to Egypt was what? Go and save my people. Let my people come out to go and worship me. God sent Moses to do what? To deliver the people. But now, God is now revealing deeper things to Moses. And sending Moses to the people. That this is the next agenda. If you look at step by step in which God works. God did not reveal this to Moses when he was in Egypt. God revealed this to Moses when they are out of Egypt. That God knows that I've been able to secure these people for myself. 
And then he's telling them, if you look at what the Bible says in uh, verse 5 and 6 of this uh, Exodus chapter 19, it says, These people, I'm going to make a covenant of peace with you that you will keep, and also we are going to be a peculiar treasure. And he's going to establish a kingdom even before Jesus was born. This was a prophecy. This was the plan of God to what? To establish a kingdom. That there will be a kingdom and the people in the kingdom will be what? They will be priests and what? Holy nations. The people there will be priests. They will have the priesthood position. They will be king also. They will be holy unto me. They will be different from everybody in the world. They will be different. So God is now planning. Tabernacle means dwelling. So we say we are discussing tabernacle plan, a dwelling place for a God among the people. So then we say tabernacle plan. So we are talking about the dwelling place where God dwells among his people. God could not dwell in every place in those days. He made a place where they can meet with him. And you can see that this is just a shadow of things that we have now. Now, everything in Tabernacle plan was a picture of Jesus. We are going to be looking into that because I have a PDF uh, folder that we are going to go into very soon and begin to examine those things. But I want you to understand that uh, the plan of God is always a kingdom thing. It has always been that I want to be the king. That's why he could not allow the children of Israelites to worship him in Egypt because their Lord was what? Was Pharaoh. You cannot have, you cannot serve two masters. They cannot be serving Pharaoh and be a slave to Pharaoh and also still want to serve God. So God has to say, no, I'm going to deliver you to a place and I'm going to be your Lord. I'm going to be the king. I'm going to be the one that, I'm going to reveal myself to you. The plan of God is for every one of us to, re to reveal himself to us. So we are going to be, I'm just building up uh, a background for us so that we will understand tabernacle plan. It's not going to be just, uh, uh, just a topic. It's not just a topic. It's the plan of God. And the tabernacle plan has been fulfilled now. That we have it now. We have the tabernacle plan fulfilled because the Old Testament was a shadow of things to come is a shadow it was a shadow i was reading about uh exodus and i'm going to bring us to that um first second corinthian was talking about if that shadow was really glorious that ministry of the bible called it the ministry of the dead was really glorious what about the ministry of the spirit if this shadow that they have uh, the plan that God made because the tabernacle plan that we're going to be talking about is something that was in heaven that God wants to establish on earth. Is how his throne, his dwelling is that is in heaven that he wants to establish on earth. And that's the same thing. He wants to bring down his kingdom on earth. He knows that my kingdom cannot only be in heaven. It must be on earth. And not just on earth, it has to be in you. 
Where is the tabernacle plan now in the New Testament? The tabernacle plan is in you. The Bible says uh, they want to observe the kingdom of God. If you look at Luke chapter 17, I think verse 20 or 21, it says, uh, show us the kingdom. And he told them that the kingdom of God does not come by observation. You cannot say, I want to observe it before I enter. He said, the kingdom of God is within you. Where is the tabernacle plan? I'm just summarizing it now. Where is the tabernacle? The tabernacle of God is not just in a house. It's not just on this internet. So it's not where God dwells. God doesn't dwell on this internet. God dwells in you and I. Every one of us is where the presence of God is. That's where God dwells. So now let's go and look at uh, this tabernacle plan, the structure. And then we are going to be looking at... Uh, each one of them, uh, one after the other, and look at how it's been fulfilled now in the New Testament. So I'm going to be sharing the PowerPoint with you, and we are going to be looking at it together. And then, uh, um, wait one minute, let me just go back and share, the, and share with every one of us so that we can see I presented... Uh, Okay. Can you guys see it? Can you see it? Yes. Awesome. Awesome. So, so let's start from the beginning. So this is the tabernacle, like I was talking about, the, is a plan that God gave to Moses. Uh, we are not going to be looking at uh, the cubic, the, the lens, the structures. We are going to look at it independently, individual things that were there. But we are going to just look at the structure today, looking at the architecture. And uh, I think a uh, pictorial view is better than uh, just talking and talking. So uh, I want you to focus on the illustration of how it is. It's like, it's a tent that they made. They surrounded it. It's been surrounded, if you can look at it. And also it has an entrance. And then the tabernacle is divided into three parts. We have the outer, we have the inner, and the innermost. So we, have, we call it the outer court, the inner court, and the innermost. Or the holy, they call it the outer court, the holy place, and the, mo the most holy place. So you have to go through it step by step. You cannot jump one to go to the last one. So you have to, a priest has to follow it step by step. If you look at it, you can see the door. You can see where the altar is, if you are looking at the picture. And also you can see what? The bronzing lava which has a mirror and then it has water in it. And also you can see the tent. So we are going to be talking about the tent. What are the content of that tent? Uh, the tent is divided into two parts. Let me show you another picture of uh, this tabernacle plan. Uh, this, and also you can look at it. Uh, this one also gives us uh, the better view of uh, uh, the word of God and how it's been fulfilled in the New Testament. How Jesus, everything about the tabernacle plan is about Jesus. Everything. There is nothing excluded 
that doesn't point to Jesus. Everything in the tabernacle plan points to Jesus. If you study it very well, you begin to know that everything points to Jesus. Everything. So everything. Every say in the volume of book, it is written of me. Just like so many prophecies from the beginning that is pointing to that Savior. If you cannot see, it's better you come here. So that you can see. And then you won't be... You can come and see that here. So that you won't be shaking head and just follow without you seeing it. <laughs> they can see you. So, um, so if you look at this picture, we already see the entering gate, and then you can see the altar now, the altar of burning uh, for burning offering. So every offering they are bringing, they put it on that altar, and you can see the lava. So the priest that is ordained. Is the one that can go through this, and the priest must wear his garments, it's not just going without the garment, he must be prepared, he must be ready, he must be ordained. So, all these things are not just uh, ordinary person doing it in the New Testament. Now, in the new uh, covenant, we everyone have the entrance already <laughs> by grace, we have it because it's already fulfilled. So, the lava is there, and then we have the door. If you look at this, divides the uh, the the inner, and then we also have another door that leads to the most holy place. But if you look at the inner court, which is the holy place, this is also holy. Everything in the tabernacle plan, as after you leave the outer court, everything in the innermost inner and the innermost, they are all holy. If you are not holy, you cannot go there. So the fear of God and the fear of what can happen is here. So it's not just a place that you just walk into and you do whatever you want. No, it's not done like that. So if you look at the three things that are in the inner courts or the holy place, is you have the table of shewbread. It's a, it's a table that is made with gold also, overlaid with gold. Also, you have bread on it. They have two, twelve loaves of bread there they would going to talk about the content of uh, what they used to make the bread and also if you look at the 12 loaves of bread represents the 12 tribes of israel so the 12 tribe of israel are already consecrated it is only the priests that represent the people that partake of the show bread and the priest must be holy holy is something that we must emphasize you look at it's called the holy place Holy is something that must be emphasized here. The priest is holy. If you remember uh, one time that uh, David was running from, um, from his enemy, Saul, and then he came to this uh, priest and he was hungry, and then there was no other food they could offer David. And the king asked David, Are you holy? Are you pure? And he asked, Have you guys been with a woman for this specific day? Time. He said, no, we've not been with a woman. David and his servant partook of that, uh, uh, the table of showbread, the bread in the, in, the, in the temple, in which if they are not holy, they cannot, because if they do, they will die. So we have the, also the menorah, which is uh, the seven lamb stand. I'm going to show you a picture about it also. And then you have this altar of incense altar of incense is there. So after the priests have partake of these three things, 
the priest will now go into the holies of holies. And then before he goes into the holies of holies, if you are in the holy place, people that are in the outside, outer court cannot see what is going on here. Because there is a gate, there is a barrier there that is being made with some clothes. And then from the holy place to the holies of holies, there is this veil. The veil is there. The veil is there. The veil covers it. So after the priest has partake of all these things, he will open the veil and go into the holies of holies. And the priest cannot go into the holies of holies without the blood. There is a requirement. You cannot go into the holies of holies without presenting, holding on the blood. The blood must be in the hands of the priest when he's going to the holies of holies. And then there is a bell that is always on the feet of the priest, signifying that he's still alive. <laughs> because you can go into the holies of holies and die if you have not done everything correctly. you have a question? Okay. So, this is another picture to for us to understand this. I already mentioned that this is the golden, we call it the golden lampstand. We have the showbread. We have the altar of incense. And then we have the holies of holies. I didn't mention in the holies of holies, the only thing you have there is the Ark of Covenant. And then the, you have the mercy seat there. We have the angels. I'm going to show you pictures on, on that. So this is another illustration in showing that the priest, you see the priest wearing the garment. We are going to talk about the priesthood, priesthood uh, in our study because this is going to be an extensive study. Because it's very important for every believer to understand the doctrine. What are we into now in the New Testament? How was it in the Old Testament? What has Jesus fulfilled? How did Jesus become the author and the finisher of our faith? How did Jesus become the high priest for us? In what order did Jesus become the high priest? Did Jesus also uh, carry blood, <laughs> being the high priest? Or did he just go without blood? We are going to be discussing all those things. Because if he wants to fulfill the law, he must do the same thing. He must do the same thing for us to be able to enjoy grace. So if you look at the priest here, you see the priest is walking into the altar of incense to burn incense. I'm not talking about the spiritual uh, meaning now. I'm just going through it once and for all. So you can look at it also again. The This is the outer court. You look at the uh, the altar for burning the the to burn the offering, the basin, the ba the brazen lava or the basin, they call it basin too, which has a mirror, and also you the there is a linkage into the holy place, the lampstand, you see it, the table, the incense, and then the ark of the covenant. So now looking at the ark of the covenant now, you look at the position of the angel. I think I have another picture also to illustrate that. <laughs> So you can look at the position of the angel here. The Ark of the Covenant, everything is made with gold. I'm not even talking about the content now. I'm going to bring us to the understanding of the content of the Ark of the Covenant. But you can see the Ark. It has uh, something to carry it. And also look at uh, the angels. The angels that are being made with pure gold. See? Uh, I'm going to give us the spiritual, uh, the the symbolic 
the, the symbolism of uh, all these colors and then uh, gold you know there is brazen lava which is most of bronze there is gold there is what wood is part of those things that were used and those things were specified by god there was nothing that was uh, made out of uh, Moses' uh, intellectual reasoning, uh, that Moses is very wise, and he made this. No, it was made according to the order that Jesus, that God wants. So the, the, the cherubim, the two cherubims, they are made for their wings to cover. They face each other, and their wings cover the mercy seats. It is on these mercy seats that the blood is poured. You know, when the Bible says the the blood of Abel speaketh vengeance, but the blood of Jesus speaketh mercy. The blood of Abel is crying for vengeance. The blood of all those people that are killed are crying to God for vengeance. Everyone's blood that is killed innocently by people, they are crying for vengeance. But the blood of Jesus is not crying for vengeance, is speaking mercy. And when they bring this blood, they are always using the blood of bull, of goats, of cow, of animals. They will bring those blood to this altar. And the blood must be poured there. So you look at this. It's called the mercy seat. If you look at this, it's very important looking at how everything is orchestrated, how everything is arranged, how God planned it. Because it's all tabernacle plan, dwelling plan. It's a plan that God gave. Also, we have to learn from this that... Um, God has a plan of how he wants things to be. Despite the fact that we have a plan on how we want things to be. But if we want to work with God, we must ask for his plans. Let him reveal it to us. And if you reveal it, he's going to tell you step by step that he wants you to take. That's why he gave us his spirit. So that we can understand his thoughts and his plans for us. So all these things that we are studying are very important. I don't want you to take it like, oh, we are doing tabernacle plan. Because it's going to help you spiritually. It's going to, there, there is a way we talk about tabernacle plan prayer. And when I begin to explain, when you pray and you get into the holies of holies, what happens? When you are in the outer court, what are you doing? What are the things that goes on in the outer court? Even you as a new believer that we don't go through this, but you are a priest, you go through the outer court every time you want to offer sacrifice unto God. Either you're praying or we're in the service. We go through this. In the outer court, we go into the holy place and then we go into the holies of holies. Many did not get into the holies of holies. Many have their service, they never got into the holies of holies. Many are only in the outer courts. When they are offering their sacrifice, people come for service or they are praying or they are doing anything. They are only in the outer court because outer court, you can hear all the shouting, all the noises, everything. And uh, in the inner court, where is the holy place, is you and God. You've left everybody. You are not now with everybody shouting, looking at everybody, how they are shouting, how they are, oh, their faces, what did they think about me? How am I raising my hands? How am I kneeling down in the outer court? You are see there. That's why you consider all those things or you value it. You look at it. 
But when you get into the holy place, it's between you now and God. And when you get into the holies of holies, you are before God. And when you get into the holies of holies, you will hear his voice clearly. When, you, when we have a service and you go through this, and you finish the service and you could not hear God speak to you, it means that uh, you were just at the outer court. You did not get into the holies of holies. So in every of our worship, in every time that we pray and we do anything, we go through this. Every time we pray. Every time we pray. Every time we pray. So um, if I ask you this question, there is light in the outer court. There is light in the holy place. What about the light in the holies of holies? Because I mentioned, if you look at it, if you look at, uh, I'm just giving you a clue, begin to think about that. And then you can, if you don't understand it, later we can talk about it. If you look at the outer court, it's open. If you look at the holy place, there's the lampstand there, bringing light. Because all these things are covered, you can't see it. If I go back a little bit, let me go back a little bit so that we can look at how it is. You can see it's covered. They just open it. They do a cross, a bit, a transverse section of this, uh, a bit vertical section of this, so that we can see. You can see it's covered. Because it's covered, there is no way light can come into this tent. It's made to be covered outside and covered at the roof. So the roof is covered. We are going to be talking about the things that they use in covering it a little bit. We are going to discuss that. But also, if you look at it, it's covered, both in and out. So when the priest enter, at least the light in the uh, golden lampstand give light to the priest there. You know, the Bible says, do not let your, la your lamp must not go down. Your light. He said, let your light continually burn. He said, the light must always be burning. Your light must not go down. You remember the story of the ten virgins. That while five were wise and the other five were foolish. The five that were wise have extra oil. The duty of the priest is to make sure that this lamp is burning. It is continuously burning. The lamp here does not go down. No time the golden lamp stands burn and oh, there is no light on it. It is their duty to make sure that it is continuously burning. They do that every morning and evening. They come, but once is when they go into the holies of holies. The, the priest only goes into the holies of holies once in every year. Once in every year we go into the holies of holies. And he only goes into the holies of holies with blood. But in the holy place, the priest goes there morning and night. And that is talking about what we should partake in Christ, what we should be doing in the morning, and what we should also do in the night. You partake of the showbread, the bread. You partake of the lamp. Partake of it. And you partake of what? The incense. And we are going to be talking about the ingredient that was used in making the incense and how important the incense is because it's unique. Look at how the golden lamp stand is. Look at how it is. Three on this side. Three on this side. It has the, the armor. It looks like the armor tree with a knob. There's a knob there. And then the, a bowl at the top where the oil is. I remember when uh, Zachariah had that dream. 
and he saw the level, seven lamps stand. And then the, the angel of the Lord was asking, do you understand it? And was giving him an understanding of this seven lamps, lamp stand. And also you can look at that also talking about revelation. So this is how it was structured. It's an order given by God to them. So look at the message seat here. This is a picture also to illustrate the message seat. You talk about, this is just a, uh, the way they, they show it so that we can see. You see the angel of the Lord facing it. And then also their wings is covering it. You can see the pointer in the message seat. This is where the message is. So this is just uh, an introduction. Does anybody have any question before we go further into talking about some things about uh, also about the tabernacle plan? Before later, we will now start talking individually, talking about the structures and the importance of those uh, tabernacle plan. So I want us to open to Exodus chapter twenty-five. Um, I want us to look at what uh, God was telling uh, Moses concerning what should be put and the word that was used. We call it the Ark of Covenant. I'm going to be going back to that also, the Ark of Covenant. Uh, Exodus 25, if you look at verse 15 and 16, Exodus 25, 15 and 16, it said, the staves shall be in the ring of the ark, and they shall not be taken from it. And thou shalt put into the ark the testimonies which I shall give thee. Look at it. Focus on that. It says, I will give you what will be in the ark. Because it's the ark, it's like a, a box, a table, like for storage. But there are things that are inside the Ark of the Covenant. And you look at the word that God used for Moses. That word uh, inspired me. It said, testimony. There are things that God has done that is asking them to put into the Ark of the Covenant. So it's an it's a Ark of Covenant that I'm having with you. But there are things that I've done before that I want you to place in that Ark. Let's look at Exodus chapter, I mean, if Hebrew chapter 9. Let's quickly look at Hebrew chapter 9. And then we are going to look at some things there. Because today is just introduction. Later we are going to be talking about it in the, individually. Taking it one after the other and then breaking it down. And looking at uh, the importance for us as new believers. Because we are not studying it like we want to start sacrificing or looking at just the sacrificial way. <laughs> we are looking at the spiritual understanding of what we can gain from it. Be Hebrew chapter 9. Hebrew chapter 9 verse... I will read from verse 1. And we just read for a few verses out of Hebrew chapter 9. It said, Then verily the first covenant had also ordinances of divine service and a worldly sanctuary. Look at that. It said it has ordinances, order. There's order in doing things. Of The order of doing things are divine, but they are earthly. Those things that the priests partake, those things that God told Moses to make, they are divine. But they are 
in it said a worthy sanctuary that is is a place sanctuary means a place where god is is a worldly one it's one that is made earthly but let's go further it says for there was a tabernacle made the first wherein was the candlestick look at that the table the showbread which is called the sanctuary this is talking about the holy place is also called sanctuary you remember when they said they are going to sanctuary in the sanctuary everybody comes there in the in the new testament i mean even in, not even in the new testament in the old testament too because the holies of holies is different but the sanctuary people come there and they don't come if they are not holy if a woman is menstruating and unclean and the, those that are diseased cannot enter into the sanctuary so we saw what is in the sanctuary one thing you must memorize it you must know it candlestick the golden candlestick the table of shoe bread the table and the shoe bread are there but in as it and after the second veil the tabernacle which is called the holiest of all which had what the golden censer and what the ark of the covenant overlaid round about with gold Wherein what was the golden pot that had been made that be, that had manna, the Aaron's rod, and the table of covenant? That ark of the covenant. What are the three contents in it? Look at what is the three contents in it. If you remember the what manna. Remember manna that was raining for them. He told them to make a a mold. The mold it. To represent the manna. Manna was being rained down for them when they were in the wilderness. You remember the Aaron's rod that bore it? When they were saying that, uh, is it only them that can do it? Is it only Aaron that will be the priest? And now they want to choose someone that will be the priest. Yes, God has already spoken to Moses that Aaron is going to be the priest to offer sacrifice. But the people were like, no, we can also do. So they brought out the, the, the rod of other people together with Aaron's rod. And they placed it before the tabernacle. And when the breeze, the dew of heaven come upon it, before they wake up in the morning, Aaron's rod has boarded and brought out fruit. Their spiritual understanding of that. Aaron's rod boarded within a day, within a night, not even within a day. You put something outside <laughs> in the night and you wake up the next morning, you are seeing a dry wood boarded. A dry wood, not a... Because the rod that they are using in those days is not wet. It's a dry wood. See what God cannot do. There is nothing that God cannot do. There is nothing that God cannot do. If you want to prove his power, he's going to prove it. So he wants to, he wants to uh, differentiate Aaron from everyone. And Aaron's rod boarded. Aaron's rod did not just boarded, he brought out fruit. They saw flower. He brought out leaf and flower. Just within maybe 12 hours. The dew of heaven coming upon it. See what the dew of heaven can do upon your life. See what if God can open heaven upon you, the dew of heaven can turn your life. What you have not done for 10 years can be done within a night. That is. The power of God. He said they should put all these things inside it. It will remind them of the wonders of God. Look at the last thing that he told them to put inside the Ark of Covenant. Is what? 
the table of the covenant. The table of the covenant. That's uh, that stone that God wrote his word on. Yes, the stone that was that God wrote his word on, Moses broke it. And he told Moses to bring another one. Uh, and he told Moses to bring another one. Uh, uh, message, uh, I don't see your message. Okay. Uh, uh, sit down, sit down, sit down. Go, go and see, go and see, go and see. I'm busy here. So, um, let's continue. Sorry for the, the distraction. So, the last thing that was there was uh, the table of covenant. I mean, yeah, the table of covenant, talking about the... The table of covenant talking about that uh, that uh, that stone that God wrote His word on. He wrote His word on, and He has them to put it in it. Let's just look at the spiritual understanding of it. Look at the covenant that God is having for us. The covenant that we have, the ark of covenant that is in you. So the in the ark of your covenant. Let's just look at the ark of covenant now, right now. Looking at the manna, it means that there is provision for you. There is provision for us. There is what? There is direction. The Aaron's road, priesthood, talking about direction. God giving you direction. The last one, the word of God. Supplying you with his word. Filling you with his word. The word of God that he has made, it's a promise unto us. It's been fulfilled. So these are the things that are in the Ark of the Covenant that they can only see in the holies of holies. So when they go into the holies of holies, they will read the law, they will read all those covenants to all the people there. They will read to them, they will make them understand. So this is just an introduction to the um, tabernacle plans today that we are doing. And then uh, next week, we'll begin to talk about it, specifically talking about different parts in the tabernacle plans from the outer courts we will talk about the inner courts and then we will talk about the holies of 